Welcome, collectors. Dr. James Megan, Sports Card Insights, here to talk about uh, the mentality of being a franchise owner, a sports franchise owner, and how that might apply to uh, us in the hobby and the business and industry of uh, sports card collecting. But first, thanks, sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, Comsi.com, Heritage Auctions, Huxton Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Panini, Upper Deck, and Tops. So the labor unrest in each of the sports as they have collective bargaining agreements in most cases. The criticism of us fans is that those are billionaires arguing with millionaires of how to split a pie that each one thinks they are indispensable to. And in reality, it, it ought to be a greater cooperation working together. After all, they're making money or, well, in both cases, making money off a sport that brings enjoyment to a lot of people. And it'd be a shame if they couldn't work it out. So unfortunately, everybody seemingly would like to be an owner, would like to be a billionaire. That doesn't sound like a bad thing. If you are a billionaire, then uh, everything I said in my investment fallacy episodes, one of which being about following the herd, uh, doesn't apply to billionaires or positive cash flow doesn't really apply to billionaires. I'm not even sure it always applies to the millionaires who are the, who are the players. But if you're a thousandaire, if you're a fan and you're uh, middle class, you have some uh, discretionary income to enjoy the hobby, you'd like to move up in the food chain. The Millionaire Next Door book that was written a long time ago is, I think, outdated now because it was talking about how many of the stealth millionaires that are out there got there by frugality, got rich slow. Uh, the tortoise and the hare, they were the tortoise. They just had uh, businesses where they were slow and steady, won the race. Well, today's millionaires are a lot more into conspicuous consumption. And that's the, what the, what you see on social media where there can be a flaunting of your latest uh, conquest or purchase. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a free world. But in the old days, people didn't really brag about what they had. You had to coax it out of them. On the other hand, not necessarily for billionaires. There always have been some very famous, very wealthy, and in many cases, very generous collectors who had fabulous collections who were, if not billionaires, were quite wealthy and uh, were willing to share uh, their knowledge and uh, give people a chance to see their collections. I've mentioned some of them. Some have already passed away, but you know, the millionaire next door, there probably is not a billionaire next door because most billionaires kind of have their own neighborhood that they live in that they control. So the owner mentality, the franchise owner mentality that we all, it's one of the reasons we like uh, fantasy sports because we can act like the owner. If you are the owner though, you've got lots of capital and you're going for bragging rights, you want to win championships. And even the way you look at money is very different because you don't have any, you have no needs, you just have wants. Uh, all your needs are taken care of. So overpaying is a privilege that the, that the ultra wealthy have. You can overpay because you can, and you can even brag about it. Unfortunately, and the impact for in our sports card insight today is that this overpaying by the ultra wealthy does affect farther down the food chain. In fact, what I'm, one concern I have is that this overpaying, which I believe is overpaying, even though people can, these people who are buying it are not borrowing money. They're paying cash and they're delighting in it. But I believe it will have an effect on the future cost of autographs from the players who are observing these ultra wealthy people who are making money. Presumably they have this thought they're making money off them that the players are the game. So the players, I think, will react to this and the collectors who are the one level below the billionaires, the, the otherwise wealthy players, collectors in this industry, they're really looking to improve their collection, but there are bounds on what they can pay. They, th this next group will overpay 
and in many cases do overpay knowingly if they believe it is to their advantage in terms of increasing the value of their portfolio. On the other hand, you know, I was interviewed and interviewed uh, Chris McGill, House of Jordans, and he mentioned, and I think he's typical, not a typical person, but his experience, there are others that have this, that when he has found a, a fabulous grail card, that's a bigger grail card than some of the other lesser grail cards that he has, he will uh, sell off a few things in order to afford uh, the more expensive one and to keep trading up. Jeremy Lee said the same thing. He kept upgrading to get the best 7980 OPG Gretzky rookie. So again, very typical. And that's what owners want to do. They want to own their franchise. They want to own their collection. But many of the people listening to this are more like this fans. They're Maybe they have a season ticket or maybe they just watch on TV. And they're, they're trying to figure out what happens. They maybe can't afford the biggest, the huge cards. On the other hand, of course, that's the allure of breaking. And it's not unlike Mark Cuban, who really went uh, aggressively after Luka Doncic a couple years ago, including trading what seemed to be an, a very aggressive trade that included Trey Young and the next uh, year's draft pick, because he thought Luka and, and Donnie Nelson thought Luca would be a franchise-changing, game-changing talent to be brought in, and I think that's what collectors think. They're they're looking at the the, the great card that they're looking for, and they want to change they, they want to change the history of their of their franchise of their collection by getting something that is so significant that it gives them some bragging rights. The players, it just seems like everybody would like to better themselves and get a better collection. And the only question is, how do you do it? Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, they're outstanding, potential greatest of all time players who have moved more into ownership. And ownership is very different. Again, you're as an owner, you're not really trying to save money. It seems like you're trying to make money. You're trying to build not your collection, but you're trying to build your trophy cabinet. You want to win championships. And so my admonition to you is it's good to think like a franchise owner in one respect but in another respect, there are levels. I have a friend who's a franchise owner, but in the WNBA, okay, you can knock a zero or two off the value of that franchise compared to the NBA. So he's still a franchise owner, but the level of franchise. I have another friend whose dad owns a minor league franchise. Again, knock a couple zeros off. It's not what the Rangers, the Texas Rangers or the, or any of the other franchises are worth, but it's still in control of something and having the fun of watching that the team that you own be successful and to draw fans that have pleasure in watching what you have put together. So again, think a lot of parallels with collecting and that's enough for today on this weekend short episode, just to give you something to think about. Uh, good to think about being a franchise owner, but it depends on what league you're in. If you're in the big leagues, you better have a bankroll to back it up.